Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's I Can't Believe That Happened. We are at the final week for Black History Month. I cannot believe how quick that went. It's crazy. Um, and I'm really sorry I missed a week. I've been really uh, not feeling well. So I have a person I am so excited to introduce to you. But first, I just wanted to do a quick warning. I am stuck in bed for a few days, and I have my daughter in the other room doing her math homework, and she gets very excitable for some reason around math homework. So... The sound quality is not going to be as great, but I just didn't want to miss out on introducing you all to Bessie Coleman. Okay, so here is the deal. Um, I have a massive thing for people who see incredible odds and decide that there is no way they're not achieving their dreams no matter what. And I don't think I have ever heard of anyone who so strongly willed decided she was going to be exactly who she was going to be than Bessie Coleman. So we are going to get started with one of the coolest aviators ever, and also the first African-American and Native American female flyer. So let's get to it. All right, so Bessie Coleman was born the 10th of 13 children. Um, just let that one sink in for a minute. <laughs> That's, um, I thought my mom came from a large family of eight, but 10 of 13 children, and she was born January 1892 in Atlanta, Texas. So you've talked a lot about the Civil War over the last few weeks, and if you're going to do your math right, she was born post, but she was born at a time of sharecropping. I don't really think we have time to go terribly into what sharecropping is, but it was a very hard way to even begin to earn a living. So basically people were having who had worked the land before um, would now have to pay rent and pay the person who owned the land for the seeds, for their um, food, for their shelter. It was brutal and if you add on to that 13 children you can just imagine what Bessie's life was like um she was born in Atlanta Texas and in 1901 her mom became a single mother and she did end up finding work as a cook and a housekeeper okay so Bessie then completes all eight grades she was very into education she was incredibly bright by all accounts and she went to school in a one-room schoolhouse. Okay, so backing up a little bit for a second. And um, the way that schools used to work was not like you'd go to kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade. All of the kids would mostly just be in one room. It was a one-room schoolhouse, all the grades together, and pluses, minuses. But I think you kind of guess it was a very different way of looking at school than possibly you've gone to school. Okay, so she wanted so much more than just those eighth grade education. And School was um, expensive and pricey, and being one of 13 children in a poor house, she saved her money so that she could go to school, and she enrolls in the Colored Agricultural and Normal University in Langston, Oklahoma. Um, unfortunately, she was only able to do one term before she ran out of money. Now, the reason I'm telling you about all these little details of her life where things aren't working out is because I think it's really important not to gloss over when things don't work out. This is a woman who had a lot of things not work out and she always stepped back up. She always got back up and decided what her next step was going to be, even if it was incredibly difficult. So when she turned 23, she went over to Chicago to stay with her brother. Um, 1915, 
if you know a little bit more about history, um, that's really cool. You might know that we're getting very close to World War One, which was one of the first wars that really took advantage of airplanes. Um, her brother over there wrote her back when he went off to World War One. Her brother Johnny wrote her back saying, I know something that French women do that you'll never do, fly. So in France, um, it was a very interesting time. And someday I will have a whole episode on the Harlem uh, Renaissance. But there was a lot of um, black people who did go over to France um, during the war and after the war. A lot of black people fought in the war and decided to stay because the French did not have the same feelings about um, what black people should be doing that the United States had. So it was a really interesting time where a lot of amazing writers and performers and actors, actresses, dancers uh, would travel over to France and then decide to stay there. So you'll hear about people like um, James Baldwin or Josephine Baker. But this is where Bessie first heard about flying and that women could fly. And she decided nothing was ever going to stop her. So she took advice, um, and not just advice, some money too, from a publisher named Abbott who decided he was going to help support her a little bit. However, Robert Abbott was a um, the owner of the Chicago Defender and one of the first African-American millionaires. And he took an interest in Bessie Coleman, and he really thought that her dream to learn how to fly was pretty cool however there was no school in the united states that was willing to teach her as a black woman to fly um the only place she had a hope of that was in france so as educated as bessie was <laughs> she had to learn french and she had to get herself to paris um so you can think about just how daunting that is. Like, there's all these steps she's going to have to do. She's going to have to learn a new language. She's going to have to get together enough money for board passage and um, and living expenses and then pay for a flight school. So that's pretty amazing. So her first steps were that she withdrew all of her savings account. And um, she had actually saved some decent money because... She worked as a manicurist, um, and she's she'll go back to that quite a few times when she runs out of money. Whenever she starts to run low on money, she will usually open up a beauty parlor and start working there to make more money for her flying. Um, she also works as a manager of a chili pa- uh, parlor. And um, Abbott and some other African-American entrepreneurs really believed in her and offered her financial support. So she sets off for Paris from New York in um, November 20th of 1920. And she spends seven months learning how to fly. And she's the only not Caucasian person in her class. Um, The really kind of crazy thing about this is what she becomes known for is her stunt flying. She was an amazingly brave flyer. And she would do... um, a whole bunch of different tricks that were that were pretty frightening. Um, but I think part of why she was able to do that was her first plane was really not reliable and was known to fail a lot, um, sometimes even the air. So she became very skilled at handling herself in a crisis in a plane. Um, so she was, she was really amazing. And in June, um, she gets her, in June 1921, she gets her international pilot's license and achieves her main goal. 
and she returns to the United States in September 1921, and there is a massive amount of reporters there to greet her. Um, I don't know if that's because some of the people who supported her owned newspapers. I was really trying to figure this out, and I did a lot of research, and I couldn't find any definitive reasons, but there were a lot of reporters, and she got a standing ovation, which is really cool. Um, She was a huge proponent of civil rights and of equality, and she became very popular for her her tricks and her... um, So a lot of times, flying was really pretty new at this point, and they would have these like 27-foot planes, and they would do these tricks in the air, and People would buy tickets to come and watch this, and she refused to perform at any venue that was not for everyone. Everyone had to be allowed to be admitted. Everyone had to pay the same ticket price, and everyone had to go through the same gate for her to agree to fly. All right, so I told you, it's not always easy for Bessie. Nothing's easy for Bessie, but she's amazing, right? So she then travels all the way to California to earn enough money to buy her own plane, But she crashed the plane and had to return to Chicago and start again to get the money up to get another plane. And it took two more years before she finally succeeded. And part of what she did during that time was to go around and lecture and talk about her experiences, talk about flying, um, and do exhibition flights. So she finally was able to get her own plane and... um, during this time, she also, oh, by the way, yes, she also opened up another beauty salon to help fund her planes. So, um, unfortunately, uh, Bessie did pass away. Um, and when she died, her death um, really meant a lot. And there was over 15,000 people who came to pay her respects. But the most important thing that happened was that she had dreamed and what she was working towards her next big goal was to create a flying school for African-Americans. And after she died, William J. Powell took up that gauntlet, took up that dream, and he created the Coleman, uh, the Bessie Coleman Aero Club in Los Angeles in 1929. And because of that, um, there's a history of amazing black flyers and, um, and black, people who went into the Air Force, including the Tuskegee Airmen, the Five Blackbirds, the Flying Hobos, um, the Tuskegee Airmen. We've got to do a whole episode on that for World War II. But she inspired so many people with her spirit, her brightness. Um, Please go to our show notes, by the way. If you want to see someone who has a smile that will just light up with every ambition and joy, it is Bessie Coleman. So please head over to the show notes um, to see a picture of Bessie Coleman. Um, thank you so much. Wrapping up Black History Month. I really enjoyed this. Um, I've been just so excited to share some of these wonderful people with you. I think that next month I was going to do stage magic, but I um, kind of got sidetracked by unicorns. <laughs> I know. How do you not get sidetracked by unicorns? <laughs> so I was kind of thinking maybe it would take a month before I started on stage magic. And next month we're going to get started with the history of magical creatures. So think unicorns, think mermaids, think kelpies. Um, throw in some suggestions my way. Go ahead and send me emails or comment on the comment section. Let me know what you would like to see. And have a wonderful week. Just make sure you share the podcast with other friends, 
family, um, any social media groups you guys are a part of, especially if you homeschool, let your teachers know you're listening to I Can't Believe That Happened, and have a great week, everyone. Just remember, we're Baby Podcast. We only get um, listeners based on you guys being so nice and sharing the podcast. So thanks so much, and tune in next week.